good people, welcome to Goody Giving Game, the podcast where I highlight and recap all the dope highlights from this week in sports. Y'all know it's been a minute. I can't wait to give y'all the game. Um, it's been a lot going on. Um, this is week nine. I'm back. And y'all know who it is. It's Goody. Um, I report the sports the best. I feel like I'm the dopest sports reporter. You already know that. I, I just think cloud nine of myself. And I'm ready to give y'all the game, man. Y'all know um, it's been a lot going on with uh, the world um, and athletes. And there's been a lot going on in sports, period. Um, we had a dope week of knowledge, um, you know, because it's not a lot of playing, but it's a lot of chatter going on. It's a lot of pre-playing going on. And players are essentially dealing with, you know, what's going on in society, what's going on um, with COVID. You know, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot going on. What is so good about right now, what I love about the times is, man, there's so many athletes just using their platforms to address you know, social injustices, what's going on with race, what's going on with, you know, voting and really being intact and in tune to what's really popping in the world. You know, I don't think we've ever had a stronger athletic voice right now. And that's what I love. You know, I'm I'm for my athletes. I'm for my coaches standing up. You know, I'm feeling some type of way about some, but I'm really not feeling no type of way. So let me take that back. Let me recant that statement because... Essentially, for me, I think um, I never had any expectations. I don't have any expectations um, as far as how people behave with me because, you know, it's a lot been going on. It's just people on edge. You know, they don't really know how to deal with black people. They don't really know how to talk. They don't want to offend. They doing all this, you know, flugazy stuff to distract. But at the same time, like, I got to be essential to what I care about. Um, I'm I'm into this, I, you know, I, and I know people gonna feel type of way, but I'm into this defunding the police, and I say being effective though, and, and requiring um, action like so many athletes are, as far as defunding the police to use those funds for other things, other resources um, that can support our community. I work in the community. I work with students that have mental health, um, and so that's something that entices me to vote about that. But I've always said with these elections, man, they don't have nothing to do with black people. So where it concerns me and what I pay attention to is uh, anything with these taxes, anything small business, anything entrepreneurial, um, anything education-wise, and anything that y'all gonna forgive these loans um, so we can get more education on y'all. But other than that, they don't really talk about nothing that has to do with black people. So I love that so many athletes, um, and black athletes in particular, White athletes as allies just talking about how it, the uh, inequality has impacted the success level and the rates. And, you know, it's people successful. There's athletes, there's, you know, athletes are getting their money. And that's where they like, well, you guys are getting money and all that type of Man, nah, some things are bigger than money. Some things are more than money. And I love that people are talking about that. But this week's episode, if you didn't notice, is to play or to not to play. And that is the biggest elephant in the room because of all the things that I just talked about plus COVID COVID's still around yeah we're like um not that many episodes in but we're we're definitely months in and COVID is still impacting and it's it's gonna impact sports in a hard hard heavy way um we've blessed we've been blessed um that big time athletes haven't caught COVID yet but with that being said 
it's like it's eventually gonna happen because there's too much closeness there's too much closeness do you understand me in sports there's just too much so um players have been speaking out and there's more players that are coming um if you watch the ESPYs, they pretty much use that as the plight in the forefront of players speaking out. But you got players like Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, uh, Steven Jackson. Shout out to him, my brother, man. I told y'all, they need a female on all the smoke. I'm her. I'm her. I'm trying to tell y'all. Man, but Steven Jackson's doing an amazing job, man. Shout out to him. But Natasha Cloud from WNBA, Bubba Wallace. It's so many athletes that are speaking out, multitude of athletes in the NFL, everybody um, are really speaking to should they play or should they not? Um, Is it important to play or is it important not to play? And just my perspective on it, you know, it's a lot of people chiming in and I really chimed in close um, to Dr. Harry Edwards, who is a psychologist and a civil rights activist, professor at Cal, and um, he 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 expressed it the best because I can understand and commend both sides. I, I really do. Um, I feel like if you play, do it with purpose. Um, if you checked out this week's game week game notes, you know. Focusing on what's the main thing I think is important and when you're centered and when you're focused with what's right, you can use it to your advantage. But I also understand players who are not playing because they are choosing either health or social justice. And and I understand both sides. You know, I was very first firmly strong that I didn't want players to play and I want players to be united. And that's the thing, like I haven't seen us I haven't seen that type of unity since this whole George Floyd thing just across the country, across the world. But unity where we really stop something unless it's like in the lockout or it's about money. I really felt like, or I still feel like, the power of unity with all one voice saying the same thing just because we, you know, to me, I I commend them, but I don't care about Black Lives Matter on the court. I just don't. Um... I love that they're allowing players to use um, other platforms and other things to use their voice, speak their voice. But at the same time, for me personally, I was like, let's not play. I would make that sacrifice. That's just that person I am. But on the other hand of things, I totally understand having to get that check. If that shows, you know, I don't like to put that first because I'm not about money. I'm not going to do nothing for a check. But, you know, you got bills to pay, you want to play, you love the game, whatever. You want to win a championship, I understand all those things, and I understand how players can have the same desire to want to play and have the same desire to not want to play. Very, very capable of having those feelings and those emotions, and I understand both sides. Somebody else that is very particularly standing out during this movement um, and was, you know, in the spark of talk because of Dr. Edwards, but Colin Kaepernick. So, Roger Goodell 
finally made a statement. And I think it was pressure to make a statement, but I don't think... To me, making a statement is great, and I am appreciative. It's like almost acknowledging to open the door for somebody, right? If I hold the door open for you, I'm appreciative. But my appreciation is showed out in my action by saying thank you when I open the door, when you open the door for me. Like some people open the door and they don't say thank you. Like when you open the door to show my gratitude or show my appreciation for you, I should say thank you. Thank you for opening the door for me, blah, blah, blah. That's a simple way to show it. And by acknowledging, you're acknowledging fact, whether it's pressure or genuineness, you've acknowledged but acknowledgement doesn't mean you're going to make hardcore change. And that's what I think Colin Kaepernick essentially was saying and was rooted in. And when Dr. Edwards was talking about Colin Kaepernick, he was talking about um, him being in the nominations and Colin Kaepernick potentially being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And I think because of how it worked out absolutely it was so ironic and i don't think things happen ironically but you know just to che- just to keep god out of it ironically that this officer an officer would kneel on a man's neck for 8 minutes and 30 plus seconds and colin kaepernick took a knee for police brutality. The imagery, the iconic moments, you know, you've seen it all across social media. It's still mind-blowing that that would happen. And behind that movement, this is the sacrifice that Colin Kaepernick made. This is why he made it. To me, I tell people he is, to me, the Muhammad Ali of our generation. He's taking the sacrifice. He's taking the L. He's taking the black ball. He's taking the scrutiny. He's taking it. He's taking it all. In what we're crying and fighting for, the justice of how police interact with us. That's crazy. And and I'm I'm on it. And he's the center of, of our discussion. He is the modern day Ali, period. And that imagery will be forever said. And then they come on with it. Come on, culture. This is one for the culture. They dropped last week that Netflix is going to do a six-part documentary. Ava DuVernay is going to be the directing, putting it together about this whole journey. Man, it's, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be so good. I'm so happy for Colin Kaepernick, and I'm so happy. This is, I'm not going to say it's easy to choose this role because it's easy to say not play. And it's easy to play. It's easier, I think, to play. But to say to not to play, and for you to, whether y'all want to say he was, you know, he got the compensation, he won his battle, he not playing football, which he essentially loves, and that sucks, but the way he has impacted the world, impacted the culture for an athlete I I give up and I don't know if he feels like and I hope he expresses this in his documentary but I feel like I would give up 
any playing second past what God allowed me to play to do what he did. He, he made it the ultimate sacrifice of giving up his game for what he believed in and to be rewarded with coming out on. I mean, you could say he not playing so he didn't come out on top, but, man, Kaepernick came out on top. Icon status. Potential Nobel Peace Prize winner. Put that in. Put Manifest it. Like, Colin don't need to play another game. And I know he still wants to. They were saying, like, the Ravens or somebody was looking at him. But, I mean, not the Ravens, but they were saying the Patriots supposedly was looking at him before they just made this deal with Cam. But, man, like, Colin, Colin did it, man. And if he get to play, that's icing on the, man, that's just the, that's just the icing on the cake at the end of the day. You feel me? So, I think Roger Goodell in his comment was nice. But I do think the NFL, and this is where, because, you know, Goodell works for the owners. The owners, I, I ain't heard really no owners saying nothing. But the owners are, their voice is reflected through Goodell. He's their, he's their spokesman. And I think that the NFL and Roger Goodell owes Colin Kaepernick an apology. An apology for steering the wrong narrative because his narrative was never to disrespect the flag. His narrative was never to build controversy. His narrative was to build conversation, which may start controversy, but to build conversation about police brutality four years ago. I'm just saying. And he stopped. Say her name, Breonna Taylor. Say her name, Breonna Taylor. Say her name, Breonna Taylor. It won't stop until we put a stop to it. And that's what Colin is a reflection of. Like, enough's enough, bro. I'm going to do this. And having a purpose. Purpose. But the silence from the owners and the silence from, from the NFL, as far as apologizing to Colin, is it, it's crazy. Also, NFL talk while we on to the NFL. My boy Cammy Newton, Cam Newton to New England, and that was big talk. That was the highlight of last week. If you think about, um, not really a lot of play going on. Everybody worried about COVID. You know, players. You know, illegal contact. More facilities being closed. All those type of great COVID things. Um, that are delaying us from sports. And that wasn't really. You know, saying great, but the things that are delaying us in the in the height of the pandemic spread. Other than that, Cam is with New England, and my boy Cam. Okay, first of all, Cam got the minimum, and that was controversy. Okay, you know we in the middle of justice. We trying to fight for black people's rights. Cam's done his thing. He's he got a resume, but now they just gave him the minimum and. You know, he's he's going to be a third-string quarterback. And at first, initially hearing it and hearing the argument, yes, you get riled up. Man, Cam should get more money than that. But the New England way, the Belichick way, Cam ain't even really got a physical, I don't even think, or he already had his physical, but Cam is a tip-top shape is looking like on the ground. Cam is looking like a snack on the ground, okay? And um, New England saw some of that. Decided to sign him. 
knew they wasn't going to give him nothing. He's going to have to go in there and earn it. And maybe that's going to be better for his character and overall story. A lot of these athletes need stories, man. It's so many 30 for 30 for 30 for 30 for 30s. Like, man, that's why I want to get into sports, doing sports documentaries, because there's so many stories of triumph and overcoming and getting out. And I believe in Cam. I've been watching Cam since Auburn. I got to see Cam at Auburn live in the flesh. And I am so... um appreciative of the young man, or he ain't so young, but the man that he's turned out to be, he's always been a role model. He's, he's one that I definitely throw out there for my son to look up to. So shout out to Cam. But it's okay that you got the minimum, bro. Go earn it. Get a chip. Get your chip. All the greats, you know, some of the greats can win with the highest paychecks, but a lot of the greats take cuts to be great and to get the ultimate success. I don't know if he's going to win in the first year or not. Um, this is a weird, funky year. Um, but at the same time, I think that it's going to be so dope to watch Cam and Belichick. I said that Cam might go to New England early. Um, I didn't know how it was going to work, but I'm, I'm going to see if Belichick can go ahead and make a grade out of him. Why not? And they got other dudes, and he's going to have to fight for it. But at the same time, eh. It's going to work out. Also, people, that's been working out is your boy A.B. You cannot deny A.B. I told y'all, he's that uncle that drinks, that start telling everybody business. He got demons. He got a past. He got a history. But the boy is talented as hell. He done got up with my boy, uh, Deion Sanders, big unk. You know what I'm saying? Big unk is guiding him. He getting his mind right. He getting his, you know, he getting his body always magnificent. Talent is amazing. Um, I think he was throwing with Russell Wilson. Man, they saying AB might be back in. And they were saying either Baltimore or Seattle. But my boy AB, and I told y'all this, AB might really be able to get back into the league. It's a very forgiving league. And as many criminals... <laughs> or ex-criminals or people that have committed crimes that have played football and have done worse things that have played football, A.B. can be on that list and make it back in. Period. I never said the boy couldn't play. I never said the boy didn't have talent. And so to see him getting better, though, and getting healthy, that's great. Man, the boy can play. And whoever get him, you know it's going to be it. Man, you know the boy going to go crazy. It's just... Can he stay not acting crazy? That's going to be the true test. Can he manage really coming back and being in the swing and being a, a good teammate? Getting back to why you really... When you get back to why you really love the sport, those things happen naturally. But when you, you know, you distracted and you worried about life and you, you stressed about checks and... You, you know, you, you, you funking with your baby mama and you, when you are in that space, it's very hard to be a good teammate. It's very hard to, because then you get into, let me just put my head down and grind. Because I don't want to show that these things off the field are distracting how I play on the field. So you isolate yourself in some type of way. You might be, eh, bullshit social. You know, and, you know, social a little bit, but essentially you're isolating yourself because 
you got so many other distractions, other things going on, other things, you know, those type of things impact you and your performance, essentially. So I'm glad to see AB's looking healthy, smiling, got the pearly whites out, good with the fam, getting back on the field. The NFL is going to accept him back. I don't care what nobody say. Now, who's going to do it? Who's going to risk it all? It's got to be a good coach, you know, a good mentor coach. You can, you know, a lot of coaches don't like to do that, but I try to tell people, you know, you got to really, especially coaches, try to tell coaches, you really got to develop a relationship with your players so that they trust you, so that they will give everything you got. And that's one thing I'm, that's my number one. Then I say X's and O's, even though I put the same commitment in building relationships into my X's and O's. And play put you know because when you know the relationship you see the development of the player you know where to put the player in the right spot you know how to communicate to the player you know how to bring change to the player you are essentially developing all those things and he need and mentorship and all like all and then all those things flowing so not only on the court but off the court and if you know AB can get somebody who can do that mentorship or have an assistant coach who can or you know receivers, whatever, if he can get a coach that can really mentor him and work with him like Dion and other people around, I think he will stay straight and narrow. There's no doubt about it. I think he'll stay straight and narrow for sure. Um, with the plight of the country, just in debate about everything, I feel like. We, we just debating everything. Everything is in controversy right now. There's been mad controversy about the Confederate flag. Now, I'm going to tell you a little small story. Um, I went to school in Mississippi, <laughs> which Mississippi is in the forefront of this next topic. So, Confederate flag is up for debate, and Mississippi is out in the forefront. So, my little story, I go to school in Mississippi. I go to a historically black college and university in Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi is where I was at. And I went to Jackson State University. So, now, I go, and I'm from Northern California. So, mind you, I've never been to Mississippi before. And it's 2007, and I'm going on a recruiting visit to Jackson, Mississippi. And we fly to Jackson, Mississippi. Get off the plane. I'm in the smallest airport I've ever seen in my life. And we get out. I get out of the airport. It is the most humid I've ever been in my life. And we're driving to the university. Now, if you've ever been in Jackson, you know you got to drive from the airport and you got to drive through downtown to get to Jackson State. So, we're driving, and we're getting past downtown, and we're getting right into the first straightaway to go to Jackson State. And now you're seeing the university glow. The university finances got a couple blocks away, right? And you see a Jackson State blue tire sign and you're thinking I'm here you know it's, it's, it's hitting me but then to the left corner house I'll never forget 
to the left as I'm turning to go to the straightaway. It's a Confederate flag flying from the house post. You know, just a regular flag post in the front of the house flying. And I remember looking at it and like double taking because the only time prior to that in 2007 that I had seen a Confederate flag was in a history book. And maybe on, you know, documentaries about the KKK. But I'd never physically seen a Confederate flag. I immediately <clears throat> had emotion and feeling of all the negative things associated with in our history books that white people wrote, by the way, that was associated with that flag. And it was just crazy to think that that flag was, you know, a mile, two miles away from an historically black college and university. And you look it up, you look up any history of any school, <laughs> that's a contradiction and mind-blowing. So that's my little Confederate flag story. And so when I saw that Mississippi was up, it, you know, Mississippi... Learning about Mississippi, going to college there, and then studying law, studying Mississippi law, and learning about Mississippi law. They're some of the oldest functioning laws in the country happening in Mississippi specifically. And their flag has a Confederate flag in it. Now, you think, I said 2007, 2008 comes around, Barack Obama becomes president. That same year, I want to say, is when they said that they needed to take the Dixie song out at Ole Miss. That same year, um, it's 2008 now, they had, they took, the, they said they were taking the song out, taking the mascot out at Ole Miss, and I think the next, like, game they had, the KKK came, clan leader, the whole thing came to campus and they were worried about the safety of athletes, look it up look it up, worried about the safety of athletes, there's been several controversial things, you know I was blessed to go to Jackson State but you know traveling to Mississippi State which is in the Delta, traveling to Alcorn State, those are slave plantations, our school included Tougaloo, those are slave plantations so when you ride up, there is a sense and there is a aura. I, maybe it's a California thing, but there is a sense and an aura about there is history on this land that's not positive for our people, and we turned it into a positive. And so there was controversy in Mississippi, and I'm not surprised that there was time for the flag to be changed. There was time, man. I saw my coach. Shout out, Coach Reed, man. All the coaches throughout Mississippi, black coaches, um, in unity, athletes, you feel what I'm saying? Stepping up, um, saying that I'm not taking it, bro. Kaylin Hill from Mississippi State, man, I'm not playing until y'all change the state flag. You have power. Don't let the system let you think you don't have power. 
You have power, and you have power in numbers. Because there was a lot of people, you, you, you are afraid to say what you think, and then when you say what you think, you'll be surprised by how many more people agree with what you're saying. Come on now. I'm just saying. So I'm proud to say that I graduated from a school in Mississippi, and they were able to change such a negative climate into something positive. I hope they get a dope idea and artist to put a dope flag together for them. <coughs> Got choked up. Because it's serious, man. I'm, I'm proud of that. Proud of the change that happened. And I'm also proud of Bubba Wallace. Now, you know, man, Bubba Wallace was all talk last week, you feel me? All talk because Bubba Wallace, I mean, pretty much he, he had a power two weeks. It was all about Bubba Wallace. NASCAR, man, I love NASCAR. So crazy. NASCAR is not a black environment. Show ain't. Ain't a lot of black racers. Show ain't. Bubba Wallace, I think, is the only black racer on a major um, professional major scale. Bruh, that means something. So, um, to see a brother out there, that's dope. He's my favorite racer now. You know, I grew up on the Dale Earnhardt Juniors and the um, Jimmy uh, Newsom, Newman. I sound like a fool right now. But y'all know who I'm talking about in the blue car. That's my boy, 12. Um, so, I, I'm happy. Players came out in unity. I'm happy. That was dope. They try to hang the noose in his in, in his locker, and this is the thing. His was the only one that was a circle, and it's all started because he wanted the Confederate flag band. Come on, bro. Like I said, I was seventeen when I first saw a Confederate flag. He grew up in the sport, so it's always been plastered in his face, and I don't think that I could raise my kids or be around that environment knowing that's what it's about but that's big in NASCAR so he took some hits and then people gonna have the audacity to try to judge him he first of all he didn't make the complaint second of all he didn't see it he just let somebody report it and when you look at the picture none of them have circles his is the only one that circled like shaped like a noose but I'm glad that NASCAR is on board they banned the, the Confederate flag. I'm glad that Bubba Wallace and players like Kalen Hill can make a statement and it be come out and it ain't about nothing else, but this is how I feel. And other people feel the same way. So let's fight for change. Everybody is in the midst of change, especially in college football because heard Florida State, they're planning on and considering to change their stadium name. Um, I think right now their stadium name is called Doak uh, S. Campbell Stadium. Probably said that stupid wrong. But um, <laughs> but uh, he was a former president that was like anti-against, uh, anti-integration in schools. Get the name out of here. It's pressure. It's pressure around here, bro. People ain't playing. People was like, man, we, I, I understand certain things because if you were paying homage and something is going to that, proceeds or whatever, I'm with that. 
but we got to stop abusing, you know, negative stereotypes and trying to use it to our advantage, and especially people that promote negativity when you fill that stadium up. This is a crazy part. I don't care if you fill the stadium up with all white people. Basketball and football filling the seats because of black players. So, you can miss me with all the other stuff, man. On good news, though, somebody who ain't in the red fire, and, and some good news for Mississippi is Ole Miss is going to retire Eli's number 10 jersey. That's big. I think he's like one of only like three players that got their jerseys retired at Ole Miss. Um, but Eli did his thing, so I'm not surprised. And this is this is what Manning is a Hall of Fame name, and that's what those two kids did. And he deserves it. Um, big shout-outs to him. But in the midst of all this, too, a multitude of players getting getting COVID. And a lot of coaches, you know, they're coming out and saying, man, like, you can't do basketball. You can't do football. You can't, can't be on a team without essentially having to interact with each other. You can't do sports without practice. And we got to practice together. You can only do so much in um, UTIs, and you can only do so much in whatever. You can only do so much in, like, Zoom practice, but, like, you're going to have to practice together. We're going to have to run these plays together. We're going to have to be in sync. We can't be in 12 different places all week and play on a game on track. That just don't happen. So... More numbers and more cases are spiking. You know, you're seeing them in the draws. 12 players, 10 players, 8 players, 9 players, whatever. Getting COVID. And the numbers are going to increase. Like I said, it's been a blessing that big name players haven't got it yet. And it's not being taken as serious. But I think once more interaction in the safety plans. I don't know, man. It's, it's just a delay in so much. And you see um, everybody ain't sitting out. Just tell you that right now. Everybody ain't sitting out. So some people are playing. It's to play or to not play. And some People are playing. Everybody said we're back. So, Major League Baseball, they're back to play July 24th. They're going to get 60 games in. That's what they threw out there. Major League Baseball is trying. And it is in the beginning stages. But they can't even get tests back fast enough. So, that's going to be a process. Players are going to be opting in and opting out, which I like. You know, if if I come and everything's safe and it's cool, but if it, if it gets bad, I want to be able to opt out. If it gets back cool and I can make it within the season and I'm cleared, then I should be able to opt back in. I like that idea. Major League Baseball, they said they coming back to play. Um, WNBA and the NBA back to play. July 30th. Now, they playing in Florida in the little bubble. AU style, I think, is going to be put down courts and, you know, they in this bubble. Now, the bubble does bring risk. But they coming back to play. WNBA, they will be back July to October, playing like a 22-game season in Florida. And the NBA is going to be back to play, like I said, July 30th in the bubble. 
The top concerns, obviously, are health. Players are getting more cases in all sports, but regardless of the recent surge, everybody's pretty much confident that they're going to return to play. Like I said, the NBA and the WNBA, everybody's going to be in their own bubble and their selective cities that they have to fly to. But here's the thing. Florida's numbers are up. And with Florida's numbers being up, players are more concerned, more interactions, more teams coming down. Teams are having to close facilities and saying we're not going to play until we get down to the facility. Like, this is some real deal, holy spiel. And... With that being said, that means safety precautions got to be at the highest. And you know, the initial rush, players are going to get it. And then certain players, then there's going to be a high increase in numbers. People are going to be scared. I just don't know how we're going to keep people in the bubble. How we're not going to be trying to be with girlfriends, boyfriends. Oh, excuse me. Girlfriends, boyfriends. You know, how we going to wives. How we going to keep all this managed in the bubble. So we shall see. But but the bubble plan is the only plan. They don't have a backup plan. They confirmed that they don't have a backup plan. Period. Um, Opting out is a big issue. Some are opting out for social justice issues and some are opting out because of COVID. It's just facts. Avery Bill. I mean, Avery Bradley, sorry. Avery Bradley. Elected not to play. Oladipo. Uh, opted not to play. DeAndre Jordan. Amongst new cases. So that impacts the Nets. Nets having conflicts due to COVID. They're the first ones that we're seeing it. But the COVID is real, man. The numbers are rising. The cases are rising. And (coughs) it's important that we remember it's about to be wintertime. The pandemic not about to slow down for nobody, man. And I just pray that the players stay safe. You know, it's some people that's worried about their their own safety and their impact with other people, like their families or whatever. But also, players like um, Avery, uh, excuse me, players like Avery Bradley, is like his his daughter is sick and has a weak immune system, you know. And here come the Lakers; they get J.R. Smith, and that was the talk of the town. J.R. Smith to the Lakers, and we already know, man. Mm, J.R. Smith back with LeBronny, it's his boy. Probably knew this was going to happen. I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised because I think Avery bring a little bit more. And there's a little bit more, but that was the talk of the town. This is going to be his second chance with LeBron, and we're going to see what he can do. Is he going to turn it to a chip, or is he not? Lakers still don't look more favorable. Like I said, I'll take AB over over um, JR any day. Don't quote me. I ain't said, oh, okay. Anyway, also in basketball talk, um, John Moran had to apologize for some anti-police tweets. He owned up. He manned up. He took it. And um, that was super dope of him to kind of also apologize, but also explain where he coming from. And it's really like, 
I'm not going to say I'm anti-police. But I will say I've never had to interact on them, interact with the police for safety or serving. Every interaction I've had with the police has been something of, you would say, a negative light. (laughs) I've broken the law. And they are not coming polite. I have also had interactions with the police that you could say are negative because maybe I was an innocent bystander or did not do anything that was breaking the law, but I was dealt with in an improper way. Totally, 100% has happened to me. So when we talk about defunding the police and how we need to the police should interact with the community. Yes, it is a it is a big concern. And John Morant talked about a lot of those points. And I agree with that in a lot of ways because, um, like I said, I have not been fortunate enough to be in a position where I've had all positive interaction. Now, I have worked events with police officers. I have friends that are police officers. I have had um, positive relationships with police officers. In a neutral event, but when you say police officers are to protect and serve, I have never had an interaction with police where they had to protect or did some service for me. Um, you know, they're great if you break down, but like they done ran up in some houses in, in my community. They done. Uh, you know, pulled me over and and treated me very disrespectfully or, you know, pulled me over unlawfully or, um, you know, I've had a couple stories and scenarios, so I totally understand where the sentiment and the anger for John Morant was, but I think I respect him as a man to be able to say I made a mistake and let me apologize for the mistake and let me, you know, tell you where that anger was coming from. That was, you know, one of the the talks around town. Uh, Black Lives matter on the courts and we're going to have players wearing either social justice or social cause messages on the back of their jerseys to replace names. I think that's super dope. We're going to see a lot of stuff. Hopefully we'll see a lot of I am Breonna Taylor. Say her name. I am Breonna Taylor. Say her name. I am Breonna Taylor. Um, Hopefully we see a lot of those because you know the injustices um, that, that young lady, if you know the story, you know the story. But um, if not, look up her name, Brianna Taylor. But um, you're going to see a lot of interesting things, and I'm glad that that's going to be the talk of the town, even though, you know, they're trying to distract us with, like, this is going to be the greatest championship. This is going to be the greatest season. This is going to be the hardest season of every sport. Um, I love that players are still standing up in every sport and, and making it known that, you know, we ain't forgot. And that's what I want to see from a lot of athletes more than anything. Again, I don't care about Black Lives Matter on the court. Um, it's nice, but it, it got it got to fix some stuff. Like I said, I told y'all, don't give us this to distract us. And then, like, we're not getting to the root of stuff. Like, I want this to incite more change um, and incite more things going. No segment in the podcast. You know, we got to make the segment light. We got to make it dope. I got to bring more. I got to be that, you know, that host and that, that, that personality that y'all like. Man, you know it is. This is where I get to really uncut and be loose. But we got a new segment 
in the show called Win or Lose. Is it a win or is it a, a, a L? You feel me? Did you get the dub or did you get the L? Let me know. It's going to be five topics. I'm going to see what's really popping with these five topics. And I'm going to let y'all know, is it a win or is it an L? All right, here we go. Topic number one, Cam Newton to New England with his contract. Was that a win or that was a loss? Um, I'm going to say win for New England and a win for Cam, man. I'm telling y'all. Even though everybody was looking at the dollars and they like, oh, Cam didn't get all his money. Cam didn't. Listen, Cam had injuries. Cam ain't been consistent. Cam's a runner. Cam's going to have to grow up. And going to New England is when he didn't have no contract. We all know what happened to him with the Panthers. They screwed my boy. So to be with New England, that's a win. To be with Belichick, that's a win. And New England got him for dirt cheap. Win. Topic number two. Lakers. Better with Avery Bradley or better with J.R. Smith or a win or a loss um I'm gonna say Lakers took an L in this one I'm gonna say Lakers took an L in this one um I feel like and hate me quote me I ain't saying nothing but Avery Bradley plays better defense and can give you the same points so I feel like and makes better decisions I feel like Avery Bradley is a loss for the Lakers, and J.R. Smith got to come in and be consistently solid. He's going to have to play um, some marginalized defense, and he's going to have to bring it every single night. He can't have no off nights. He can't have no Hennessy Smith. He got to be. He can't be J.R. Henney that night. He got to be on. So I'm going to say Lakers take an L in that. Um, topic number two, NASCAR support at Talladega. Um, I'm going to say that was a dub for NASCAR, but again, I'm looking for more impact. Obviously, the imagery of having all the racers, and like I said, having everybody is powerful. Power is in numbers and in unity. So to have everybody out there supporting Bubba Wallace, it brought a tear to my eye. Um, to see the after, to see all the black people out there turning up with him. You know what I'm saying? That was amazing. Because like I said, I've been to NASCAR races and it ain't really a black thing. You see a couple black people here and there, but um, it ain't really a big thing. And to see, you know, black people out there happy to see Bubba Wallace and to see NASCAR come out there in full support, full dub. But we got to keep making progress. Number four, uh, Roger Goodell's apology. Was that a win or a loss? For the NFL. Um, man, I hate this question because I don't really know. Um, I'm going to say it was a win for our ego and perception. Um, but I'm going to say it was an L because Roger Goodell, yes, even though he is the voice and the face of the NFL, I think it would have been more powerful and more owners. Uh, we know coaches going to speak up, but it, more coaches and more owners needed to speak up for it to be a complete dub. So, um, like I said, it was it was a dub for the face, and for the gram, and for the book, but it was it was an L to me because it didn't have more back and forth. Last topic, Mississippi changing the state flag. Was that a dub or that was an L? 
And I'm going to say that was a dub, man. That was a complete win for the state. Um, they're trying to get a new face. They're trying to get a new look. And what other way to go is to start with change. Uh, they needed to make it immediately, and that's what they did. So I'm happy that the state of Mississippi and the athletes that was advocating and voicing and the coaches that advocated and voiced to get that state flag changed um, was important. So shout out to the state of Mississippi and all those people that fought out there in Mississippi to get that state flag changed. Complete dub for the state of Mississippi. Also, another segment that we throwing in to Goody Giving Game is what caught my ear last week. So you know August Alcina dropped a new album. Amazing. I ain't gonna rank the stars, but I say check that out. Wale dropped a little EP. Super, super dope. Lil Wayne dropped a little four-song EP. Got some bangers on there. Oh, yeah. And check out my boy Six Black. He got a new album. EP, you know, go on down there and look. But if you look up and look up recent music, go check them out. Last segment for the week, and that is Good Notes. You know, I always want to end on a good note. And this week, I want to end on a good note with two specific play or a couple of specific players. Natasha Cloud from Washington Mystics. Shout out to her. She is not she chose to opt out this season. She's opting out to fight for social change, for fight to fight uh, to fight for social justice and um ended out uh, ended on opting out for the year. But look at how God look at how the winds of change work. Converse chose to compensate her um salary that she would have made with the Mystics this season for this twenty two game run during COVID, so keep the fight going, Natasha, I know she go by Tasha Cloud, but man, she's a bucket, and um, that's a great, great note, I'm glad it's working out, keep the fight strong, and then lastly, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, um, their vote uh, campaign is going amazing, support it, I'm going to put tons of links so we can go to support it, but man, if you watch LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, man, they're doing magical, magical things with social change and social justice, and just bringing their voices being more than an athlete. They don't got to shut up and dribble no more. They're doing their thing. So that is a great, great thing to see and something that was so dope and empowering from last week. So I hope that was a great day. Note, this is Goody Giving Game, the podcast. And I hope you enjoyed episode nine. See y'all next week. Peace.